Hi guys, this is Ava, Ava Navarrete, Navarrete, if you guys want to get fancy, and uh, today is February the 1st, uh, 2021, and this is episode number two of the Tender Notes podcast. Um, I'm very excited to bring to you what I have today, and um, it's <laughs> It has to do with projects. Um, But before we get into that, I'm going to let you know a little bit about this project since it may be the first time you're listening. Um, I haven't put a lot of promotion into this just yet, and that's because I want it to evolve very naturally, and I'm okay with that. Um, It will help me be the most vulnerable I can be because I'm going to be focused on content and not on trying to promote because that can be distracting as fuck. Okay. So tender notes comes from, um, bartender and notes is a reference to just a collection of ideas. And, um, I cut it down just to make it cute. And, uh, because while also we should be very gentle and tender with ourselves, especially recently, we, I think we all have learned to be um, more patient with ourselves and others. And if not, then I imagine that your life is very, very stressful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I wanted this podcast to, in its entirety, be something useful um, for people who may be interested in being in the service industry or seeking, like, uh, how to find out, like, how to grow in their passion or make moves towards their dreams. And, um, the reason that I feel that I (laughs) am somebody who can speak on this is because I deep down am very happy and I love my life and I feel very blessed and considering everything that I've been through and every, every, one that I've encountered and all the things in between, I am very proud of myself. And I can say that right now. I can't believe it, honestly, that I just said that (laughs) and I haven't recorded, but I'm saying it in a way that I just feel very calm and confident about. And I'm excited too, because, um, moving through life and not being confident and not being, being able to say that you're proud of how far you've come, like it's, it's a, it slows you down. It slows you down and, and it holds you back. And basically, um, this podcast is a collection of how do we navigate through the tough stuff, you know, um, and in all, all, all variations of life. Okay. So, um, we're just, we'll leave that right there. Um, I do want to thank you if you had a chance to listen to the first episode. It was um, it was a kind of a, just a brief introduction of what I wanted to do, and I decided that uh, I think I may have mentioned it before, but I want this to be a, basically a monthly thing. And uh, for personal reasons, this one went from four weeks to five weeks in between recordings, but so many amazing things have happened this month that it kind of felt um, that it happened with for a purpose. Um, 
So yes, thank you for checking out my first episode and for checking out my second. And if you haven't checked out the first, it's still like fun. So check it out. Um, This podcast is going to continue to grow as I do. And um, yeah, I'm excited for the future and all the rest of the content that I have to bring you. Uh, Let's see. So speaking of projects, today's episode, I want to talk about um, how to start a project. And um, a special word that has come into my life many times this last year. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever like noticed that a word pops up a lot in your life and that could, you know, just be an adjective um, or maybe a name that won't stop like popping in your, in conversations or the TV ads or online or something. And you're like, this is like super duper weird. Yes. Maybe you're noticing it more, but also, I mean, I've been on the receiving end of that and it's super trippy when numbers or names or words keep popping back into your life. And this past year, mine has been catalyst. Um, and there's different descriptions for catalyst. Um, there's a scientific description, um, but the the basic description is to spark change. And I mean, what other year would you <laughs> that you've lived through specifically would be? Um, that's just like the most amazing word to describe a year that has challenged so many different people. Every single person on the planet at the same time. Like I'm pretty like amazed by the fact that that word has just come around so much. And I just recently had a catalyst in my life and it's a pretty incredible experience and I'm super grateful for it because basically now I have the opportunity. I am in the middle of starting the project of my dreams and I've started many projects in my life and I have finished very few of them and there's no shame in that but um, because of how many successes I've had in learning new things I want to share with you guys some of the things that I have gathered through life to help me start new projects and I feel like these can basically help you with any kind of project, whether it's a health, personal health, or maybe you want to go deep inside yourself, or maybe you just want to learn how to take care of houseplants, which I'm trying to, and I'm not doing a great job at, but I'm also not applying myself the way that I should. So, um, basically anything that you want to do. So, and if you don't think that that's accurate, then go ahead and email me about it and we can go back and forth and you can teach me something. Um, Okay, so how do you start a project? Well, first you have to decide realistically like how long you want to work on something. And I think that that kind of narrows down your projects. Do you want to do something for two weeks, two days, um, 20 years? And like, I'm starting off really broad here because there's a lot of people in the world who are just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, or I don't know what I want to do, or I just want to learn something new. Okay, that's fine. I think 
the basic questions you have to ask yourself, the most basic question is what do you like? And if you can't answer that, then what that means is I'm sure you have a long list of things that you don't like. Okay. So we figure out what you like. I like to talk to people. I like to eat. I like to sleep. I like to drink alcohol. I like, um, and I'm just using very broad terms. I'm not, you know, but I like uh, to run. I like to be active. I like to be physical. I like intimacy. I like uh, deep conversations. And then you can get more specific, right? So you can go on and on about what you like. And then from there, you can connect things, you know, okay, you like to be active and you want to start a new hobby. Well, how about bike riding? Okay. All right. I think. Okay. So fast forward to when you finally decide on what it is it, what it is that you want to do. The project. You want to learn how to play the banjo. You want to be in a bowling team. You want to get married. Um, that is when, for me, I go, I'm good at talking to people. So I go to anybody and everybody that I know who knows about the subject that I want to learn more about. And I have conversations with them and I always take notes and I always ask if I can take notes or if I don't ask, they obviously see me doing it. But my point is, is that I respect other people's time and information. And I, in the sense where I want to a remember it. So I have to write it down because that's how my brain works and B some people are private and you have to respect it if you, they don't want to share their information. So it's always good to make sure you ask people if you can share their information. I always ask my clients, my photo clients, before I, I share their photos, if I can share them. Because, uh, yeah, it is my photo, but you gotta be, you gotta be like respectful. And, you know, it also help, helps clients feel comfortable when they come back. Sorry, side note. <clears throat> Anyways, yes, I'm a photographer. Okay, so some of you may be saying, what if I don't have these people to talk to? Well, in that case, there's a lot of different things you can do. Google and YouTube are going to be your best friends for the next X amount of months, days, years, whatever it takes for you to get this project complete. I promise you there is no excuse for not learning something these days because everything is online and free. And if you're paying for a program, I think that's super badass because A, you're supporting a business and B, you're investing in yourself. And those the investing in yourself is the only thing in my, in my heart that is like, that's good money to spend. Because if you leave, you know, at least you left taking care of the one thing you had, your body, your mind, you know, you, you are the one thing that you have. Um, so you use the tools that our existence offers to us. So you go to Google and you Google whatever it is that you want to learn about and you see if there's classes around or um, professionals who offer classes, um, 
or maybe somebody who owns a business in what you're interested in. So like um, a few years ago when I wanted to learn ukulele, um, there was a ukulele store down the street and the lady who owned the store offered ukulele lessons in a large group and I wanted one-on-one lessons, but she was able to refer me to somebody else because I reached out. Um, so like, uh, talking to people is going to get you to the next step. And I need you to understand that if you're nervous to talk to people, then you go back to the internet and you can email them. Um, don't let certain things hold you back. There's always another way. And I'm really, really good at figuring out other ways to make things happen. I always think I'm not. I'm always like, there's only the one option. And if I don't make it happen, then I'm a failure. And then if I just think about it for one extra minute, I usually find a solution and I kill it. So like in a good way. So, um, you can, you can make it happen. I promise you. If my mind can make it happen and I'm all over the place and I have plenty of weaknesses, then I'm sure that you can do it with ease. It's just that some of us, including myself, have a lot of roadblocks and that could be childhood trauma or relationship trauma or some, you know, there's a lot of things in between. And if you're like, okay, well, I can't seem to figure out what I like and I can't get the motivation to go online or to go talk to a professional um, in what I'm interested in, um, then you need to do some inner work. Now, I will always recommend therapy because it is something that there's so many different kinds of therapy so it doesn't have to be, if, if you're like, I don't want to talk to somebody on the phone. I don't want to talk to somebody in person. I don't want to see their face. I don't know. Like, or maybe you go to somebody that you just meditate with. Therapy is limitless. There could, therapy could be screaming into your pillow, honestly, if you need that. And if it works for you, if you feel more focused after you scream into your pillow for 15 minutes, maybe because you're lightheaded and yeah. And you've been crying. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that, but I can actually picture people doing that. Um, then that's your form of therapy. Mine is talking to somebody once a week, whether or not I feel like it. Um, it make forces me to feel uncomfortable, which every time I feel uncomfortable and I go through something, it always is better on the other side. And I don't know how else to say that, but my life is just constantly proven to work in that way. And I love it. And so every week, some weeks I don't want to do it. Um, we talk on the phone for an hour and whew, it keeps me accountable as fuck. And I love it. Um, I've also learned a lot about myself. So yeah, um, therapy is something that will help you, um, dig deeper and set yourself up better for whatever it is that you want in your life, um, that you don't think that you can get without some help. Also, um, one thing that I've been doing and it's just so simple is a self-care checklist and mine is kind of silly, but honestly, remember how I was talking about the things that you like? I basically put 
about eight to 10 things on a list um, that I like to do every day that make me feel like me. And what I mean by that is like, you know, like when you wake up grumpy or somebody sets you off at work or you get a, ba- a bill in the mail and you're frustrated, you know, like if you, if you're in a bad mood, it's very easy to stay in a bad mood. So you have to get yourself out of that and also out of it being in that space. My self-care checklist, I'm going to just give you a couple things, but every time I do these things, they make me feel like myself and they make me feel whole. They make me feel, um, centered, balanced. And, um, cause perfection is not a thing, but we can at least do things to make our lives feel like we have a little bit more control. So for example, um, make your bed, uh, make sure you work out shower, drink water, uh, eat. Cause I only eat like once a day and it's so frustrating, <laughs> but working on it. But, um, and then, yeah. So I, so there's a couple extra things like specifically cuddle my dog. And then the last thing I put uh, to make myself laugh is a shot of mezcal. Now those are things like if I marked all of those things off by noon and I'm like sitting in my quiet apartment or about to go to work. Like there's nothing else. I've told myself that there's nothing else that I have to do that day that like, look, Ava, you just set yourself up for success. Everything that happens after this is just going to be so easy because you've already given yourself everything that you know you love and you need every day. And that can be different for everybody. Like whatever, like, let's say you leave the house and you're grumpy because you forgot to brush your teeth. Okay. If that is something that frustrates you frequently, make it a priority. I know that's silly, but it's going to change your life because you will never have that frustration. So you have one last thing to be frustrated about. So if you pick 10 little things that you like to do every day and you just make them a routine, you just commit to it, then you'll feel great. And you'll be able to start projects because you'll be focused. You won't be focused on these little things that annoy you. Um, another thing that's on my list is organized space. So sometimes I have to like clean my room up before I, or my workspace up before I get started on a project. So if I just do that automatically, then like every day, then I will be able to just start my projects. Okay. So. You got your self-care checklist. You've made it a routine. You've worked on this for quite a few days or weeks. And you're ready to get a project started. You email the right people. Um, But you're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and anxious because this is all really new. And this is all, you know, feeling a little bit intense. Because where are you going? You've never been there before, right? Okay goals. You got to make some, some very specific goals. You have to write them down, put them on the calendar and, um, commit to them. Second part of that is you cannot punish yourself if something happens and you don't achieve what you need to achieve in the timely manner you want it to. 
I promise you that if you put all your effort to making it happen, most likely it will. But life happens, people get sick, pandemics come upon us, and you just have to surrender to it and keep going and just adjust your motion. And that's okay. So you got, you got to get your goals in line. Okay. That's basically as far as I'm going to take it because that's how you start a project. Um, when you have the goals, so, you know, you wanted to learn ukulele, you found your ukulele teacher and, um, you're going to commit to three months with that ukulele instructor. Um, so far, so long as you had a conversation with them, you know, you like their personality, their convenient time away from you. Like you don't put the appointment at some weird time. You put it at, uh, you know, 2 PM over zoom, you guys, I don't know, whatever, whatever you need to make it like a good experience for yourself. Don't, you never have to put yourself in a position where you're frustrated And if you do, because you have like an intense boss or something like that, be very cautious because allowing that kind of energy around you is going to be distracting and it may take away from your education. It really depends on how much you apply your strength and that can be very, very draining. Okay. Protect yourself, protect your energy. And you will protect your loved ones in that sense because you'll be able to keep your, um, your focus, your heart focus and your mind focus, like going in the right way. Um, I could tell you more stories along those lines, but we're, we're going to focus on projects today, right? Okay. Right. Okay. So let's just go over those things one more time. Um, figure out what you like on every level. If you can make sure that you apply daily habits to set yourself up for success. And, um, then when you pick a project, talk to people who, who get it or go on YouTube and, and Google it and just start picking it apart. And, um, I, I know these are broad things, I don't want you to feel intimidated. I had to do this stuff when I was like 10 years old. I started learning how to reverse engineer things. And um, I, it's because I was homeschooled. Um, that's also what makes me such a weirdo. And uh, in a good way, I'm a fun weirdo. And... Because of the programs that I did and how my parents structured the house and the curriculum or didn't structure it, if that makes more sense, I remember at one point deciding how that I had to learn, if I wanted to learn, that I had to figure out how to make it happen. And... Oh my gosh, that means I've been doing this for like 20 years. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I think life experience gives us the room to, 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 I think we should share these things. They're gifts to other people. We learn so much from each other just by having conversations. Um, if you're willing to listen and yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, 
So I have decided to start the project of my dreams. I am ready to learn how to open a restaurant and to apply that information so that I may open a restaurant. And I have so many ideas that all tie so nicely together. And what I did was I emailed um, a few women in the restaurant industry and asked them for their advice. Oh my goodness, that was the most intimidating thing that I've done in a long time. Like, I'm pretty sure I could ask a guy out on a date if I wanted to, but asking these women that I like deeply respect and look up to for advice was just, was, it was surreal. Also, I think it was surreal because like, I knew that they were going to be there for me and they were, and that was like, that was a very on humbling and honoring experience. Um, so I reached out to them and they told me a few things that I'll share with you guys. Um, being in the service industry, maybe you have dreams of opening your own restaurant and, um, I know what I want my concept to be and I want, I know what I want it to look like. I know what the purpose I want it to be. Uh, there's a few things that I need to get in line, but you could be pretty close to that yourself and you may just be like, okay, so what's the next step? Well, the next step is finding people. If you're not sure who go to restaurants that, you know, you want your restaurant to be like, or similar, even if it's like 50% close to yours and find out who owns the restaurant or at least who, maybe the manager's been there for 15 years. Like that's somebody who can also give you some really fantastic advice on what they think you need to learn before you can own a restaurant. Um, but because I've been in the industry for 10 years and I've made relationships with not just owners, but managers and, um, investors and, and other types, um, I've collected information over a long period of time and, um, now I'm ready to utilize it as, and so, um, I asked these women, I, I was focused on women because I myself am a young lady who comes from a family that can't give me anything. And, um, I don't, I say can't because they, they literally can't, but if they could, they would. And, you know, I think that that's, that enough is love and, I don't really want to ask them for anything. So how do I, how do I get something started when I have no, nowhere to start from? Um, and being a woman, um, you come, you, life comes with more like challenges financially or with investors or, you know, even just little stupid things with people just taking you seriously. And so talking to women and seeing where they've come from, um, women of all different backgrounds and ages, then you, you can figure out how to form your dream because your dream will never match anyone else's unless you literally want to be somebody else in that's impossible. Anyways, 
you will, you have to make it your own. And I've gotten there. Um, so, um, one of them told me that, uh, she told me the first three things that I need to work on. First thing is, um, my concept. Second thing is the location. And the third thing is understanding licenses. I think that's a fabulous, um, three fabulous places to start. Um, the, another woman that I spoke to, um, she was, uh, I'll get more in detail someday, but right now as I'm building the project, I just, it's important to, um, stay general because that's how the information gets retained, um, for you specifically. So anyways, the second woman I was talking to, um, specifically brought up, uh, business plans and, that's the first thing as the first woman, uh, what is your concept? So your concept and your business plan are go hand in hand. Um, you want to write the business plan and fill it out with everything that you can. And I knew this, but she made sure to make it a point. She said, don't worry about it being perfect because it will change. It can, and it will change, but it will change (laughs) over time. So you get everything down on paper. When it's down on paper, that's the first step of it becoming real. Is my business plan down on paper? No, it's not. Fuck you. It will be. I'm just getting a point across. Um, let's see. It's going to be your roadmap. Okay. Your business plan is your roadmap. That's you putting your goals down on paper and, um, goals like structurally wise. Um, how do you form a business plan? I'm so glad you asked you go to Google or YouTube. Have you heard of either of those? Oh yeah, you did. Um, about 10 minutes ago on this podcast and you go there and you literally type in how to build a business plan for a restaurant. Look at all the templates. Okay. Look at two or three templates. I, that's, I never make it more further than that myself. Look at two or three templates and see which one works best for you. Or if you want to be a little more thorough, do two different ones. Um, I might do the second option depending on how thorough my information is because one business plan may have more tools for you, but you don't see them until you start filling it, filling it out yourself. The next thing is a mission statement. What is the purpose of this project, um, this concept, this restaurant? What is it going to do for, okay, who's, who's it for? First of all, is it for you? Is it for your family? Is it for the community? Is it for people who like to drink alcohol? Is it for people who like to eat food? Is it for everybody? That's very broad and very, very difficult to achieve unless you're like McDonald's or Target. (laughs) Um, and that's not for everybody still. Um, but you got to figure out who it is, who it's for. And your mission statement is basically what you're trying to get across in the, it's the, the, what would you call that? Like the lifeline, the core of the project. You may not ever even say the mission statement out loud, or it may be on your website and nobody ever reads it. But the point is, is the underlying theme of your mission will be a statement in your actions. Ooh, that was deep. I did good right there. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
she also referenced um, Dummies, the Dummies Guide for Owning a Restaurant, which I'm super excited about. I may or may not get it depending on, well, probably will, honestly, because right now I have a lot of information I need to get through and put down on paper. And um, so <laughs> the idea of bringing another book onto my book stand next to my bed is too much. But I do realize that in the appropriate time, I will have the appropriate focus to read that book. And I'm sure it'll be sooner than later. So that is a great key. Um, but the fact that she brought that up and she owns a restaurant may be a good point for somebody who is looking for more options, books. Um, let's see. Um, she also brought up the point, identify what you don't want. Because sometimes it is hard. Like for me, I I built my home bar this year over quarantine, this past year. Um, I worked on it from spring to summer and constantly I'm moving, shifter, think, sh- moving and shifting things around and adding and taking things away. Because it's fun, yes, and it's cool looking, but also because like... I, I like that uh, decor doesn't have to be forever. Like it can be constantly flowing just as life does. And, um, but I also don't want to be a hoarder. So I try to like repurpose things or move things or give them away or even throw them away. Just throw it away sometimes. Okay. Um, but when you identify what you don't want, you can identify you, what you do want starts to become more clear. Um, I do not want to own it. Uh, a dark bar that doesn't have a kitchen. So that's going to cut out those. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't want to open up a chain restaurant. I don't, or franchise. I don't want to be in a location that is not accessible by a major highway or freeway. So those are things that I know that I don't want, aka I can figure out what I do want a little bit easier. Um, Let's see. Ooh, she even asked me what I wanted to name my restaurant, and I was so nervous because at that time I had two in my head, and um, they're both totally different, and she actually challenged me on one of the names because it happens to not be an English word, like an American English word, and... um, she was like, are you going to be worried if people don't pronounce it right? And I was like, well, no, I don't really care. Honestly, people mispronounce my first name and my last name wrong my entire life the whole time. And I don't blame them because language is rough and I struggle with it. So why would I get mad at somebody for mispronouncing my name? Um, and most people get it right after a while anyways. Um, the second name that I told her was a little more personal and then that I think it was that night I was like so static that we had this conversation just short conversation um one the first of many as we have both agreed um but as I work on the project but um when I was laying in bed a third name popped into my head and I was like oh my gosh I can't tell you how much I love when that happens to me because I think so hard on things sometimes that I think I, sh- I overthink and then I, my brain is just fried. And names, for example, naming this podcast, names of things 
are challenging to me because I think that they are, I think it's, they're super important, of course. And, um, so I, I basically self-sabotage myself, but anyways, I popped up in the middle of the night and I wrote it down. Um, and I wrote down why I liked it. And since then it's been stuck in my head, could be the name of my final project, could not be, but anyways, so, um, I mean, right there alone, I have a bunch of things to focus on to get this project going. And, um, it's just about organizing my time and not doing things myself, um, that are self-sabotaging, but instead doing the things that set me up for success. Again, my self-care checklist is the perfect example. And, um, I think that when you're focused on doing good for yourself, then it's easy to say no to what may bring you down, slow you down, um, or affect you negatively. I feel super intense about sharing with you guys my whole, I'm ready to open a restaurant. Um, and one reason why I'm like super excited to talk about it is because I've, I'm realizing that, um, once I get all of my ideas down on paper, then I can worry about money and licenses and that there's always challenges in that, of course, but those things are tangible. I've also made peace with the fact that this project could be anywhere from two to 10 years. Now I'm not saying two years because, um, I magically get everything that I need to make the perfect restaurant. But if I play my cards right and I stay focused and I stay motivated and I do everything that I I am doing currently and building upon that new foundation, why can't I have it in two years? The biggest reason why I wouldn't have it, I promise you, we can go back to this February 1st, 2023. I promise you, unless some another pandemic happens, it is because of my own self-limiting beliefs. And that only comes from a place in that of awareness that I just... I have a different momentum now and I have my catalyst to thank for that. This is crazy guys, but exciting. And in all of that, I hope that you feel a little bit more motivated to start something that you've been wanting to start. Now, maybe you started something over quarantine with all of the time that you had, but you're not sure how you're going to maintain it when you go back to your normal life or as you start adjusting into your job, you know, um, or going back to school or whatever that it is. One more time, it goes back to the self-care checklist. You check all those things off that make you happy in a day, meditate, um, go to surfing. Um, I don't know, eat a donut, whatever it is that you need every day to feel happy, do it, just do it. Okay. And, um, do it as early as you can. It's okay if you don't, but if you can do it 
and then see how the rest of your day goes. I promise you, you're going to feel more fulfilled just by doing the things that make you happy. All right. So now let's leave all of that exactly where it is. We can go back to it later. We can re-listen. We can uh, go over our notes, whatever it is that you need to go over. Now let's um, unwind a little bit and take it to another place, um, a place not so far away from where I am, uh, Jalisco, Mexico. And the reason we're going there is because I was gifted a very beautiful bottle of Añejo tequila for my birthday. She is very gorgeous in color, very uh, honey-esque, more on the orange side than yellow. And um, she has been a beautiful spirit that I've been very excited to um, introduce into my collection. Thank you, Edgar, for my birthday present. He was so incredible, incredibly thoughtful about it. Um, I didn't even know my friend knew this, me this well, but this just goes to show how sweet people can be. So um, I love mezcal and tequila. I love all spirits, but of course we know these two shine a little bit in my heart. And um, he knows that this past year I've been obsessed with cognac and brandy and spirits distilled from grapes and wine. And uh, so for my birthday, he did some research and found me a tequila aged in cognac barrels, XO cognac barrels to be precise, Um, XO standing for extra old, um, which is a reference to how long the cognac has been aged in the French oak barrels. Or brandy, I believe. I think there could be XO brandy too. Um, and that is for a minimum of six years. So Edgar found me this tequila. And as far as I know, I've never tried an añejo or reposado that's been aged in cognac barrels. I say that loosely because I've tried many different spirits, um, plenty of spirits that have been aged in barrels. And, um, I may have tried it. I just may not have known, but with my palate becoming more refined and with my continued love for exploration, I have been introduced to a fabulous new spirit and I did some research. Um, I like to learn more about the brand, the company, um, everything from when they started, um, Riazul goes back to the 1800s, um, very, very old um, family-run distillery. And um, I couldn't find if they had been bought out by anybody. I'm sure that they have, if they have such a good standing online. I found a lot of really beautiful reviews from people who consider themselves as well connoisseurs of spirits or even more specifically tequilas or more specifically in Yehos. So yes, so uh, this Riazul Añejo, um, again, has been aged for two years in uh, French Oak XO cognac barrels, which happens to be longer than most Añejos. The minimum is typically 18 months. 
that is an important number to remember if you're trying to remember details. Um, 18 months for Añejo, and I forget how much is for extra Añejo, but I mean, I at least remembered Añejos. And let's see, when I was tasting this, I'll take another taste. Um, I've been sipping it throughout the episode, but just so you guys um, can hear it. It's lovely. It's so warm and so spicy. The alcohol is definitely there, um, which makes me a little nervous because there's a lot of controversy in tequilas, but it's not overwhelming and it doesn't burn. It's more of a compliment to the other spices and flavors in this drink. And if anybody knows me, they know that I like something that's strong and higher ABV anyways, although this one is 40%. Um, which means 80 ABV. Um, so, uh, first things that I noticed were, uh, vanilla and honey. I did get a dried fruit sensation more on the citrusy side though. In my opinion, um, the last spirit that I tried in my last episode, I got a lot of dried fruits, but it was more of like apricots and, uh, this one, I'm just, I'm sensing, like a dried fruit, but that happens to be a little bit more acidic, which I'm enjoying because it's sweet. Um, I feel like when I'm exhaling, I can smell and taste the, the lingering essence of the cognac from the barrels that this was aged in, which I love. It's a compliment to another culture. And I love when spirits and brands blend cultures together to make something even more incredible. Um, I do tend to find Añejos too sweet for my palate, and it's very kind that people gift Añejos to me. This one is right there. It's perfect. It's perfectly sweet. It's um, the acidity, the tannins, the alcoholic um, profile that comes out all balance it out really nicely. I highly recommend this. If you're not into Añejos, uh, this will add some complexity into what you're tasting. Um, and I, I imagine it would taste really good on ice, but it's not, it has some body. It's not very thick. It might water it down a little too much for you. So maybe if you have like a stone, Um, so that way you can chill it or chill it yourself. You know, you could put a little bit in the fridge or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty fun spirit. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm sharing it, uh, kind of on the slower side. If you guys know me, you know, I love to share my spirits and that is something that's super duper important. Um, but yeah, so as I was saying, as far as like the distillery, I looked up, they have a very rich history, um, they didn't really have a lot of videos online. You had to go more to their website. And even on the website, they were very concise with their information, which in my opinion means that either they were not bought out by a very large company or the company has not put enough attention onto it to expand their portfolio and put more information out there. For somebody like me or for the people that I would train in the future, I would really love to highlight spirits that have a lot of information online 
I know that's not the easiest thing to do, but we do live in an age of technology now, and that's the fastest way to get everything shared. You know, put it online or um, in some sort of format that it can be emailed and text pretty immediately. Um, so it would have been nice to find a little bit more information, but I found all of the information that I was looking for. So that's just the nerd in me wanting more, of course. Um, but yeah, um, so I did find this wheel online, quick reference, and um, it basically put flavors in seasons. And oh my God, I love this idea. So if I were to explain uh, this spirit, the Riazul Tequila Añejo, with two seasons, um, I would say that it's spring and fall. It's spring because of the brightness of the agave and the fruits, the um, vanilla flavors, and the fact that it's tequila. It's just a very bright, sweet note there. But because of the warmth from the um, barrels and the aging process, it brings out these deep spices and um, complements those fruity notes to, to almost create, like, it makes you think of being cozy, you know, being warm and cozy, if not just on the inside. Um, then in your environment as well. I love spirits for that. I think that it's interesting that it can change the way that you feel from the inside out. Um, so I would pick spring and fall and I'm very excited to utilize this wheel on other things. Um, this wheel had like a ton of different adjectives to describe different spirits but um, overall, the wheel was divided into four quadrants for the four seasons. And I thought that was very intriguing. Um, so yeah, uh, that is Riazul, which um, Riazul is a made-up word from the combination of Rio and Azul to reference the source of water in which they take to distill their tequila. Um so a lot goes into making spirits and distilla distillation and, you know, shapes of bottles and the names of things. So I nerd out on that stuff as well. Highly recommend this. Um, it's a really nice price range for something that is so complex and thoughtfully made. Um, if you want to try something that's a little bit more complex, I did some research. There is a lot of different tequilas aged in... Um, either cognac or sherry barrels out there and they range from uh, that are uh they range from anywhere from 60 to 90 to 300 dollars. so depending on how much you want to treat yourself they are going to find different qualities of tequila aged tequila okay so um if you have any questions about that i would love to hear or comments if you've tried it or criticisms if you know more about Ruizul than I do. Um, I love to learn, so tell me, tell me how it is. Um, last thing that I want to get into are um, uh, is my basically gratitude segment. Much like the things on my self care checklist, yes, I'm going to beat it into your head. Um, gratitude. Actually, I should add that to my list. I need to write that note down. Um, gratitude is something that every time I take a moment to think about what I am so grateful for, I can't help but have a mind 
uh, my mind shift from a negative place to a positive place. Um, and a lot of times I will avoid it or I'll think like, I don't want to pick something that I'm grateful for because I'm picking the same thing every day. Well, sometimes life is like that and you're grateful for the same thing every day. Some days you're just grateful you got out of bed. Some weeks you're just grateful you got out of bed. But that's still a huge thing to be grateful for. Um, but in the, on the podcast, I want to do something a little bit more deeper. And I want to thank people that have either influenced me, helped me, or... Um, contributed just to the world in general um, and just give them a moment of recognition. The first person that I want to shout out to um, is Daniel Nevsky. He is a self-proclaimed indie bartender. On Instagram, you can find him at Cocktail Man. And he is the founder and owner of Independent Bartender Co. He I don't, I started following him a year or two ago and honestly, I've seen so much growth in him. It's inspiring. It has, he's gone from just somebody who likes to nerd out on Instagram and other platforms to somebody who's putting out some super relevant and valuable information out almost daily. Now, is he on hardcore drugs? How is he putting out that much content? How is he retaining that much information? How is he coming up with these crazy recipes? How is he making these awesome connections? Um, I would just say that he's just a badass and somebody who's super passionate and has the personality, the drive, and the passion to do what he loves to do. Um, he, the One reason why I'm very excited to... Well, he's always he's always kind of answered questions that I've had without even realizing that he's doing that. And I find it very eerie, but I love it at the same time because I will literally be thinking of something that I want to try. And then within a few days, he'll post a recipe or a reference to something that I was thinking about within the same few days. And I think that that's pretty cool. Makes me think that maybe I am have a forward thinking mind and not a mind that's just treading water um, because he's clearly making an effort to make beautiful, um, thoughtful, helpful content for everybody in the bartending and hospitality industry. Um, He does talk a lot about recipes and bartending because that's, it looks like it's a specialty. Um, It looks like it's something that he very much enjoys. Um, And he travels a lot for it, which is just a a dream for all of us. And um, he makes an effort to create relationships in his community. And I find that truly inspiring because as soon as I reach out to somebody and they, mm, they ignore me, I feel frustrated. And sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, they're just too busy or they're on another level. But let me tell you. I have reached out to some of the busiest, most famous people you can think of, and I've gotten responses. Now, they're not always the response that I'm looking for, but the fact that I get a response is incredible, professional ethic. That 
is very important. Am I the best at always responding to things? No, I'm not. But it is very important to take note that it, I myself feel validated when that happens. And Dan or Daniel, as if whichever he prefers, um, is somebody who is constantly engaging with the people who trust him. And I think that that's super duper inspiring as well. Um, as far as what's going on in his personal life, he shares a little bit about his um, home home life with his wife and his new puppy, who's super adorable, um, and some of the challenges of uh, he moved recently. So it's kind of fun that you get to see that part of his life as well. And um, But generally, he's a very positive person, and I just want to say thank you, Daniel, for representing um, an ethic that I really appreciate and that I try to put on my own platform. So um, thank you. And I look forward to seeing more things that you create and the things that you try. And I look forward to meeting you someday because I was supposed to go to Barcelona this year for New Year's. And whether or not we would have crossed paths, I was going to reach out and ask for um, recommendations on where to go. And I'm pretty sure I may have done that in the past already. And he was ready to help me. And I just appreciate that more than anything. So um, give him a follow at the cocktail man on Instagram. Um, oh, side note, he also does reviews on menus, uh, cocktail menus, it looks like specifically. And that it could be a make or break thing for your business. So you must, must, must um, check out his reviews. He's very thoughtful, but he's also very honest. And that is very important. And whether or not you agree with his opinion is beside the point, but he takes the time to dissect these menus. And if you have, um, much like other things, if you have an interest in creating a menu, which I have done in the past and I want to do in the future, then watching these videos are going to be an incredible tool, which um, will help me create the menu of my dreams that will um, please the guests of my dreams, the guests and the clients. <laughs> okay, so thank you, Daniel, again for everything that you do for our community. Um, okay, the second person, thank God I have about 10 more minutes left, but I'm not gonna try to use all of it because this is a huge one. And um, yeah, the second person I'm gonna think is my catalyst. Um, her name is Laura Hutron Borja. And um, she, passed away this month <laughs> and I just say that in the way that I'm saying it because I still can't believe that it happened um I don't even know where to start because if you don't know her like oh my god just stunning amazing thoughtful loving helpful positive silly kind troubled nasty, funny, motivated, sensitive, like I could go on and on about her. And on top of all of that, she was 
a creative and she was a part of our industry. She was a young chef. She was 31 years old, uh, just turned 31 October 1st. So actually, um, not very long ago. And on January 9th, she died in her sleep. And, uh, I found out that day and it was devastating because she was such an incredible friend of mine and she did so much for me without even realizing it in the short amount of time that we were friends or maybe she did. She probably did because she just wanted to do anything to help anybody. And especially if she loved you, like if you were pain in her ass, like she would still take the time to help you or to compromise and make sure that both sides are happy. But that rarely happened because she was such a gracious person, at least not that I saw. And in the year that we had together to build the relationship we had, I can't even say friendship because she was so much more than that. And I have said it out loud. Like she was my work girlfriend. She was my confidant. She, she was my inspiration. She was my she was so much. She was she was so much. And I just, I had the opportunity to laugh with her and cry with her and dance with her and go back and forth and push each other and challenge each other, at, you know, to, to put ourselves in a mindset like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many times after work we sat in the car during quarantine, it was, you know, maybe five or six of us in the restaurant and she'd give me a ride home and we would just sit and talk for hours on what upset us or frustrated us. Well, actually we would talk for a few minutes about that and then we would just fall into like, yeah, but this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. These are my goals. This is my motivation. Look, And then we would find videos and podcasts and quotes and, and practices that we could implement into our lives to try to change, to be the best, most authentic self that we could be. And I just always thought she was going to be there. Like we just became friends. I've been friends with some people since I was 11 years old and losing them would change me deeply because they're still actively in my life and they're people that I confide in when I need to remember parts of myself or remember, you know, what, what my priorities are or just have, hear some truth. Sometimes you need the truth from outside of what's going on in your head and her and I connected because we we had the time and the silence and the space and we just adored each other from the start. I don't know why we decided to be so vulnerable with each other so quickly, but I'm so grateful that we did because at the end of it, I would be walking through the kitchen and they'd have 
their music going in the back. I'd just be going to get a box or whatever I'm doing. And I'd hear her voice that just sang out differently than everything else, everybody else's voice. Eva Maria, te amo, te quiero. Te quiero también, Laura. Te amo, Lala. By the end of the year, we were shameless in how much we loved each other. And that meant so much to me because there were moments where (laughs) we weren't being received very well. And I think it was just because some people can't understand how two different people can fall so deeply in love with each other. And yes, it was not a romantic love, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't incredibly deep and incredibly inspiring. I'm, I would love to talk to you more one-on-one about her, but I just need you to know that It's very important to honor everybody who's important to you now. And it's okay if you have anxiety or you need to take time. But really, like, she didn't wake up one day. And we had so many plans, so many ideas that we just couldn't make happen because of the damn quarantine, you know, damn shutdown of things that... The things that we enjoyed doing, we couldn't really do together. Yeah, we went out a few times, but, you know, being in our own industry, as you guys know, sometimes it's hard to get nights off with your friends and your peers in the industry because we're very much workaholics. But if anything else that I've learned this year, it's also that it's important to take time for yourself. And don't let anybody tell you that you have to work X amount of days straight. Because if that's the way that you're living your life, then you need to change something. Because you need time. And you need to be able to breathe. You need to be able to sleep. And you need to be able to nourish your relationships. And that is what we got to do this year. Laura and I had the chance to create an incredible relationship. And when she passed away... The first week, all I could do was hear her voice whenever I felt slow and lost and afraid. I just, I could hear her. Eva Maria, Eva Maria, vamonos. Hey, hey, chiquilla, chiquilla. She would always pump me up. She was my biggest hype man. And this was a very difficult year for me. I wanted so much from it, and I thought that I wasn't going to get it when the world changed, but I did get it, and I got it bigger than I had expected, and in a way that I never would have expected, and I'm so excited because here I am, guys. Here I am starting a project and continuing a project that I've been wanting to start for years, the podcast, Tander Notes, this guy, this guy that we're (laughs) working on right now, um... But also, this restaurant, this bar, this bar is going to be something that 
nobody is going to understand, but it's going to be deeply dedicated to the one catalyst that I have because nothing has ever shocked me so deeply into being fearless. And, oh my God, I started this book this year, A Year Without Fear. Um, Oh my goodness, guys. It's just, that is what I wanted to live by this year. I wanted to stop being afraid. That is why I started going to therapy. This is why I have a personal trainer. This is why I read my books. This is why I have conversations. This is why I'm constantly practicing um, self-care and I'm constantly challenging myself to absorb more this is this is what i want and i always had an excuse and now no excuse is bigger than my motivation my catalyst my broken heart and i'm okay with that and I'm going to use it for as long as I can use it because fuck, I have nothing like I have nothing else to like to do. I can I can chill, I can I can work, I can go get another bar job. I can do this for another 10 years, but I'd rather own one of the most badass bars with a great great menu and a great program in 10 years than be wondering what would have happened if I had started. (laughs) So instead, I decided to start. And that's what I want to leave you guys with today. I want to help you guys just start something. Start whatever it is that you want to start. If you've started it, continue it. Don't be afraid of it. Just do it. It feels so good to suck sometimes. <laughs> like it just feels so good to fail because at least you tried. And honestly, failing is staying down. So just keep getting back up. Remember remember your focus. Remember your priorities. Treat the ones that you care with love. And take damn good care of yourself. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the Tenor Notes podcast, how to start a project, aka how to start open a restaurant. Um, I will continue sharing this journey with you. The next episode should come out um, in four weeks. Um, I want to do them on the last Tuesday of every month. This one happens to be the first Tuesday of the month. So, um, yeah. Let's go out there and make it a fucking great day. Let's go out there and create some joy, guys. Love you.